Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Nightmares Podcast. I am here with a very special episode. We have Mark Conway and a special guest, Vinny. I will let these two introduce themselves, even though I have already introduced them. Mark, stop laughing, you giggling little schoolgirl. Oh, shut up. You giggle just as much as I do. What's up? <laughs> What's going on, everybody? It's uh, Mark Conway, co-creator of Living Nightmares, and of course, executive producer. And I do have a, a dear, dear, dear friend, um, a fellow actor. Oh. Oh, my, <laughs> uh, my man I've known for about a decade, Mr. Uh, Mr. Vinny Vincent Prisco. Um, uh, go ahead and introduce yourself, my friend. Well, you heard them, um, Vincent, Vinny Prisco, or Vinny Vincent Prisco. That, <laughs> that is exactly what I said. Well, everybody calls, I'm Vincent Prisco, everybody calls me Vinny, so that's what you're going to hear them say. No, absolutely, absolutely. So, so okay, so it is. Our, 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 um, uh, it's our usual format uh, this evening, obviously, with our uh, special guest here, and then uh, we'll obviously give you uh, any plug for any uh, projects you may be working on um, uh, right now at the very end. <laughs> So uh, one thing though, um, we are missing somebody. Our, of course, our dear, dear other EP, the Rakowski. The Rakowski. He he flew off to L.A. because he's a jerk and he's taking this awesome class, meeting a whole bunch of people and doing cool stuff. While we're here stuck in Chicago doing all the heavy lifting. Yeah, he got personally invited by Steven Spielberg, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, something like that. Not I, exactly. I think they're in a bit of a rivalry right now because of a uh, Watergate, but that that's Ooh. neither here nor there. <laughs> Ooh, too soon, too soon. Okay. Yeah. So that that's anyways. Another. Anyway, so going going on back. So um, obviously we did have a really big thing in horror movie news um, uh, this week. Um, I know I'm excited about it. Um, it chapter two um, trailer was dropped. Um, I, I fucking loved it. I'm, I'm super excited. And actually, you know what? I personally, I prefer this format of trailer where they show you a, a sample scene from the movie and sure. then they have a smaller version of the trailer. I think it's a little bit more effective. The scene that they showed you was creepy, but the cool part of it is it didn't really give you anything. Just say it didn't give too much away, did it? No, yeah. it didn't. It no. didn't. It didn't. It was, it was done very well. And the, it originally... Godzilla was my most look forward to movie this year just because I hadn't seen anything for it. But as soon as I saw this trailer, I'm like, oh my god! Yeah. Plus, it was just like you got Jessica Chastain, you got James McAvoy. I don't know, like that guy is just kicking you know what every time I watch him on screen. And you Jessica can Chast- you can fully say it. By the way, we don't care about swearing. Jessica Chastain's just nice to look at. And then, uh, and then also, <laughs> she's uh, the uh, best looking redhead in cinematic history. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, definitely up there. And then also Bill Hader as well. Bill Hader's um, in there. Yeah, you got a few other. You might have a few other appearances. So I'm really either way, you have a phenomenal cast for a horror movie. Which is just phenomenal. We're, we're winning a lot more lately in the horror genre. I gotta say, maybe you know, especially with uh, you know with it doing so well as it did, and then also um, Get Out and Us is is. It's moving. such it, a breath breath of fresh air to see horror finally, you know, being taken a little bit more seriously. You know, and and, and that was a conversation that I had with you years ago about that. Like it's you know you can take this genre really really far when you have an excellent script, an excellent director, excellent rock star cast. You can do a lot with that. Oh, absolutely. It's, yeah, been, absolutely. Do- it's been done before. Yeah. The, um, totally. No, no. So, all right. So, we, I, unfortunately, all other news wasn't really that, all that important besides that. Um, I didn't see any. Gentlemen, did you see anything else exciting in horror movie news this week? Well, not horror movie, but Friday the 13th, the game was fucked up even more. So. Oh, oh really? Ah. 
Oh, that's oh, that's just not cool. Because you know, patching out a simple glitch where people can exploit the game—that's just too much to ask for, right? <laughs> oh, also, let's break dedicated servers for an entire console. Thank you. The um, are you sure was it was it EA that did that? No, it was Gun Media. Oh, okay. I wish I knew more about games and this stuff. <laughs> um, but e- EA is the devil. Like that's all you need to know. EA is the one company that fucks up and they goes, hmm. All right, so we fucked up this bad. How can we fuck up even more? Yeah, let's let's keep doing that. Even though everybody hates it, let's keep doing it. Keep let's, it. You know, like, we are losing money. But you know what? Let's keep doing that. You know, I'm still holding out for EA to put out that Tiger Woods game where you play as Tiger Woods and you try to, you know, clean up your wrongdoings. (laughs) (laughs) Still waiting for that. Yeah, that'd be pretty awesome. Tiger Woods PGA Tour, I don't know. Tiger Woods PGA Clean Up Detail. Clean Up Detail, yeah, that would be great. PGA Avoid Divorce. I wonder if he would would actually endorse that. uh, I would buy it. That'd be funny as hell. At this rate, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, he may have endorsed it at one point when he didn't have any money, but, you know, know, who knows. Eh, That whole debacle's passed over. He's making money in golf again, from my understanding. So, So... Horror. Yeah, so back to that. We we go on a lot of tangents. I was going to say this it. is the horror podcast that sometimes talks about horror. Yeah, sometimes. Yeah, that's actually a pretty good tagline. Yeah, no, we we break off a lot. We should start saying that at the beginning of our podcast. Oh yeah, we're we're bound to bound to go in different directions because we're fans of so much stuff. So yeah. So all right. So I and so we're gonna dive real uh, into our category uh, for today, which is actually funny enough. We were talking about this in the last podcast. How comedy. And horror are very similarly structured. They're the same beats. They have the same fl- ebb and flow. What they do, it's a setup and then a payoff. And you know, right. it's how it's structured sure. is very similar. And sometimes those two those two genres get together and they make something awesome. Um, so we're going to talk about horror comedy or horror satire. Um, uh, you know, I have a, a movie I'm definitely going to want to talk about. No, Vinny's going to have definitely has a movie he wants to talk about, and I'm sure Zach has something as well. Um, I am gonna let our let our illustrious guest go first, um, so he can talk about his favorite. Um, uh, and I and I can't. Yeah, yeah, the, uh, you're the guest, brother. All right. Well, I I do want to start off. I know there is one that you're thinking of. However, I do want to start off with probably one of the first finest examples. If you really want to see a true amazing example of comedy horror, and it's almost like the one that started it all. Look up and watch Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein. <laughs> yes! yes, it is. It, yes, it's, it, it it you get you, you get like a triple dosage in it. You get you so know, much good stuff. You get, you get all the, the classic Universal mo- like Frankenstein. Wolfman was in it. Wolfman was and even in it, and, uh, and the, Dracula. The, Dracula was in that. See, yeah. they did the Mummy later. The mm. Mummy's fun. Evan Costello meet the Mummy's fun. But it's a little hokier and a all little All three of them were in that one? I could have swore all three of them were in Yeah, you had Dracula, Frankenstein, and Wolfman. And oh, okay. Frankenstein. They, they, they did the oh, Invisible Man in a separate movie. They did the Invisible Man, and they even did a Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde with Boris Karloff. See, the, How do I not know about the that? Only, yeah. The only yeah. one I ever saw was Ebony Costello meet the monster. So that so that was Wolfman, Dracula, and uh, Frankenstein. Frankenstein. Okay, yeah. Yeah. And, Great movie. And the only one I saw, though, too, was the Invisible Man and the, and the, the one where they're in a haunted house. Which I love. Uh, that's uh, Hold That Ghost. Hold That Ghost. the name of that what, movie. Oh my god, the, the, my favorite line I still remember. Also a really good kind oh, of horror comedy. Great. And, and Abbott and Costello again. Yeah. There's, um, there's a great line in there and everything else when she's uh, when they're talking about a candle. The candle keeps moving. And, goes, <laughs> and, and there's two candles, actually. Two candles. And one of them moves over on the left side. 
and and the and the, the and then he's looking at this candle and he starts freaking out and there's a lady next to him and she's, and she's like it's like watch that candle and everything else keep your eye on that candle it's gonna move and then the candle on the right starts to move and then by the end of it and by the end of it I love his the line he says he's like keep one eye on that candle one eye on that candle and one eye on me yeah. <laughs> you know what's funny about this and she's candle? like. <laughs> you know what's hilarious too is that that candle gag like many of their gags actually got recycled and retooled in another movie or a couple movies that candle gag reappeared or a version of it reappeared in Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein that's um, awesome Dracula is Bela Lugosi is in his coffin and there is a candle that they have sat in its holder on top of the coffin and of course um Bud Abbott walks away because he's the straight man and nothing happens to him. And Lou Costello is standing there waiting around in this creepy wax museum where the real Dracula is laying in his coffin and they think it's a wax dummy. And the lid, you know, he starts pulling, pushing the lid up. And, you know, you hear the noise of the lid and Lou is standing right there, doesn't have the balls to turn around, but he starts looking and noticing the candle moving and it keeps doing that. And so he calls, you know, he calls uh, Bud Abbott back over, who goes by the name of Chick in that. Oh, my God. And then, he says it. Chick. Oh, my God. The Invisible Man, though. The Invisible Man's a boxer in that movie. Yeah, he's, and, he's, and, he's a boxer. And, and, he's, and he's doing the speed ba- Like, uh, uh, Abbott's doing the speed back and everything else. And he starts doing it with his head. And he That's blows the, on it at one point. He blows on it. He blows on it to make it down. The um, there's just oh my god, there's so many. I, I miss Evan and Costello. I really do. Like yeah, I like yeah. They, so those many. are. I mean, not the, that they were ever in our lifetime. <laughs> I know, <laughs> I know, but but, but I mean, like I we used to rent those from Blockbuster. Same, same. Like you know, I mean, like, like I, I mean, Dude, my grandmother owned most of their movies. Like, me and her used so to sit great. down and watch. Like I fucking love those I went, goddamn movies. I went ape shit probably about actually a long time ago now and rebought and bought like practically all the movies they had of them and they're in those box set franchise collection sets so at this rate I have all of them on DVD in some form that's fucking right? fantastic it's fun like... you can still get them um, I think you can I think you can get them on Blu-ray in special collections now and they're really actually inexpensive so nice. if you are Amazon looking, and eBay are great resources yeah, if to you buy are, old collector's items if you are looking for them yeah I, for, for any of our them. younger viewers and everything else I know that these movies are in black and white they are truly amazing, and they're they're fucking hilarious. Look, I'm just gonna say, just because it's in black and white doesn't mean that it's, doesn't mean shit. No, yeah. there's a bunch of great classics from like the 40s, 50s, and all that that are timeless. Totally, you know, well, dude. I mean, yeah, yeah, dude. We can talk about the whole, you know, we can talk about Casablanca and talk about you know from here to eternity, and you know, just so many of the. Original- and those are just some of the essential. Yeah, you know, the, original, the, the original Twilight Zone. The original yeah. Twilight Zone. Those, a good chunk of those Great. episodes hold up oh, right, totally. better than most movies well, and shows and, and, today. And also, way beyond their time, dude. The, the stuff that they were talking about in that show was just way beyond their fucking time. I totally. mean, you know, and they, and also the original, the original Dracula. With all Bella Lugosi, Bella Lugosi, yeah. I mean, like, the thirty-one film, yeah, the um, uh, you know, and also um, all of Vincent Price's movies as well. Oh God, yeah, yeah. Those so are, I mean, you know, so those have a little bit of fl- they have a little bit of campiness in them, but it's not like overkill campy in the Vincent Price. Like something about it plays to the atmosphere. No, yeah, um, absolutely. And like, they're filmed in that vibrant nineteen sixties Technicolor that just. Especially the Poe ones that he did with Roger Corman. Oh, absolutely. The um, uh, so yeah, no, no. Please watch those movies. I, I think we're all in agreement that those are absolutely. Well, I, I know everybody likes to praise the Three Stooges. No, Abbott and Costello, Costello. much yeah. better, dude. Abbott and Costello, 
Who's on first beats anything the Three Stooges have ever done and everything else. <laughs> like that fucking sketch I got, by itself. I, I got a I, I love Anthony. I, I don't know. It's almost an even tie for me. I really love both of those. You do love I sets. Know. I tried getting and, into the Three Stooges. I just couldn't. Abbott Costello was wow, no, so much funnier in my it, opinion. It, it, and they've always been more funnier in my opinion as well. I'm They're extremely clever. Yeah. The, um, um, I think I think that's I think I think there was a lot more intelligence with Abbott and Costello. Yeah. Maybe that's in some of the wordplay that was going on. Oh yeah. Just as much as the gags and everything else. I mean, one the similar. All right, I'm gonna say one more movie. Uh, you know, one more Abbott Costello movie. It's it's where they're, um, they're um they're up in a cabin and everything else, a ski cabin, and they're pretending to be a piano player. And everything else, and is that, is that hit the ice? It's hit the, the ice, yeah. The ice. And, and, yeah. And she's and he's trying to impress some girl and everything else. And he, they come up with a scheme and everything else that every time he's gonna pretend to play the piano, um, uh, um Abbott is gonna is gonna um uh, um is gonna uh, play the the record and everything else. And he would play the record. and He says, "Every time I say that, uh, all right, um, you stop the record." But he ends up falling asleep behind the piano. Oh, God. <laughs> so so he plays it and everything else, and then he'll he'll say all right, and then I walk away and still be playing the music. Playing, yeah. All right, all right. <laughs> and then he'll then he'll stay all right and start to play, and then the music won't come on. <laughs> yeah. yeah. um, uh, um, and, then, and then they they end they end the end the sketch with with her in in in, um, uh, in Lou's face, and he's like, "You were such a bad man," and everything else. And he, and she runs him all the way out to the edge of the pool, and then he turns to the camera and he's and he's like, "You thought I was gonna fall in, didn't you?" <laughs> <laughs> and then and then and then she, I think she like she kisses him or something, and he goes, "Woo!" And then falls. And then he does fall. And in. Yeah. fall in the pool, as, they, I, as we all would. Um, but of course, but of course, the um, uh, but yeah, no, they, I'm I'm definitely in a full agreement about that, but. There is a movie that I want Vinny to talk about. It, and it's a little bit of satire, unless Vinny oh has, my god, it, unless Vinny has more to talk about with Evan. If it's the one I'm thinking of, Mark, uh, <laughs> this one for me, I don't know what why it's so funny. Um, it is dark, it is twisted, it is frightening in its moments, but it's brilliant in its satire and what they were trying to target. And this was, of course, 1980s New York Wall Street. Uh, yuppie society, which means all you fans listening know exactly what movie this is, and of course, um, it's American Psycho. Um, and here we go. And, and hang on, hang on, I need to go get Huey Lewis in the nose. <laughs> Huey Lewis in the nose. <laughs> the Huey Lewis in the nose. Like, yeah, um, I don't know. I, I think that it's weird because that is not a com- the comedy in that film. If it's even, I question if it's actually meant to be there. Sometimes it, it, you know, it's perfect satire. It, the, um, I guess it's perfect it's, satire. Like I, you know, and that's why I said horror comedy, horror satire. It's definitely horror satire yeah. at its at its finest and best. And actually, Vinny, with the exception of franchises and other things, like this, like this movie and Fight Club, you and I have talked more about than any other singular movie I can think of. Really, we talked about Fight Club too. We talked about Fight Club, but it, but this. I think we've talked more about. We've this talked way more about this, and this is probably the movie, the singular movie that we've talked more about than any other than film. any other movie. Maybe, maybe a, may, you know, maybe a Pacino or De Niro movie will kind of get close to that, but yeah, but, but yeah, well, but, it's the inside jokes, and I mean, part of the joke you have to realize, I think, between us two, is that. I used to imitate him 
And I used to have his hair just like that. Oh, yeah. And when I had the long hair like that, everybody would yammer about how much I look like him. He actually showed up to an I was going to say, I can see it. He actually yeah. showed up to an 80s party dressed as, as Patrick Bacon. Yeah, I thought... Did you start handing out your business card and freaking out? You know, I wish I would have, yeah, because the whole scene... That, that's a scene right there. It's like, yeah, it's supposed to be absurd as the scene where they're... they're yeah, the passing they're, on the business they're cards. They're comparing out their business cards. Like, and like, I got, you know, he does his famous... I got a new card. I don't know. They it's, call it something like it's, it's, eggshell it, white. It's it's, yeah. it's bone with raised lettering. Yeah, that it's was like, the scene that broke me my first time watching it. I'm like, what the fuck is this shit? It, it is such a beautiful, if nothing else, yeah, it's a beautiful satire of how disgustingly materially obsessed this yuppie culture of these kind of people and stuff could be. And, and there's people like that today. Oh, um, yeah. There's people like that in the class. There's people like that who are like that about a lot of their personal possessions. And just and so a lot of the absurdity comes from actual, you know, again, real truths and real things in there. Now, of course, some of the hilarity is just some of Christian Bale's reactions to things. To things. Like to things like especially before he's gonna kill somebody. Like oh, yeah. like, you know, when he's just standing there talking to that girl. Spoiler alert, by the way, for yeah, anybody who hasn't spoiler seen alert. For anybody who hasn't seen American Psycho. You know, but when he's talking to the one girl he invites over to his place that you think he's actually gonna go on a date with, and I think she's his secretary, he just kinda stands there, you know, yammering to her sort of like this, and he just kinda decides to point a nail gun to the back of her head. She doesn't even know it. He's thinking about it. It, but he doesn't do anything. He's a fucking and head in the it, freezer. Yeah, he just has a head in the freezer. It's all bit played incredibly nonchalant. And then, and then, I think the one that everybody remembers so much is his famous hip to be square moment and the with Huey, the rain jacket. The Huey Lewis. Do you like Huey Lewis in the news? Yeah, and the way he plays that with Jared Leto. And just he's again, it's it's played so matter of fact, like oh, the way, it's, way he's just like he's been compared to Elvis Costello, but I think that Huey has a much more cynical sense of humor. Don't you think? It's, it's, he, he almost plays him like a deranged Jim Carrey. Like I don't know how else sure. to describe the character. That's an interesting take, and, and like not that, far and, off. And look at the way he had, he he plays that, and just. That famous part. It, 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 it's he, so funny, dude, because because in especially in the novel, which by the way is way more twisted than oh the actual my God, movie. It's so like gruesome. like they keep that shit in like in security wrap. They do, yeah. yeah some so places, yeah. Some, some places they put that in security wrap so yeah. people don't like. Right, right. Um, yeah. He'll go on for pages about an album. Um, uh, he'll go on uh, for pages about an album. Um, uh, like, like Phil Collins, like one of Genesis's albums and everything else. And then the next, <laughs> the next chapter will be about him brutally murdering a hooker. Like the whole thing <laughs> yeah. is designed. So all of it just blends together and is of equal importance. If the whole yeah. book was made into a movie, how long do you think the movie would be? Or would it be better to make it into a TV show? Uh, you probably could make it into a series. I would, the problem is that it's so fucking gruesome. Um, and the, and the, the book's details are so gruesome. And you only see part, I, part I mean, of it. In this day and age, then again, look at HBO and stars and the shit that they put out. You know, I mean, I suppose they could make it the way it is. I don't know. It's so gratuitous and gruesome. I mean, yeah, he, he, and, he Richard Gears a few prostitutes. Yeah, it's really messed up. Like the things he does, the things he does with the body parts and shit. Many of these things were completely out. Like the movie's almost like a PG thing compared v- to the version book. of it. Like, yeah, like, he, it does a lot more like Ed Gein shit. Yeah, and everything very else. Like, much. Real, like real sadistic. Like, personally, it sounds like making this into a show would be fucking awesome. At least for me. 
Uh, dude, I mean, it I would be still like gratuitous stuff on camera. It probably could be done. Yeah. Dude, yeah. You know what's so funny? It always, it always kind of drove me nuts and everything else was Bravo does a top 100 like scariest scenes of all time. Uh-huh. I personally never understood why that last scene wasn't in it. The scene where he, I, I know it's ridiculous, mm-hmm. but it is equally as terrifying when he has slick back hair and the fucking Nikes and a chainsaw and nothing oh, else. Oh, yeah, yeah, And she's yeah. running from room to room sure. and, she, and she's seeing all the fucking dead bodies sure. in each room and everything else and slipping on people's guts oh, on the yeah. way out. And he just jumps, he just jumps in out yeah, of fucking nowhere yeah. with Nikes and slick back hair and a fucking yeah, chainsaw. Yeah, but see, like, that's, hey, how are you? That's the kind of shit, it's scary, but it's also funny. Like, especially when you see that ass running down the hallway. It's, 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 like, it's like a fucking... Blood, a chainsaw, what, like... You don't know what to do. Yeah. You don't know whether to yeah. laugh or cry it's, or be... Or, you don't know what emotion... It's fucking to, disgusting. What the fuck is going on? scary and hilarious all at the same time. And some of two just about, again, his mannerism and the way he just responds, the way he yells in it, like the way he yells at after he drops the chainsaw on the girl and it hits her and he just... Does it. <laughs> you go what down the stairs? What? The, Why? What you in know? the actual? But fuck? it's a great. It's such a great characterization. Dude, and, and also, it's level to who this is. Oh, and, dude. And that's a very, very, very disturbing oh, composite very. Fi- figure image of a person. I mean, very. And then you know, and also you know, and, and uh, surprisingly, who's also in this in the movie too? And also, a couple great performances in there too, besides Christian Bale. You have you know in a great cast you have Jared Leto in there and you also have William uh, Willem Dafoe in there. Yeah, a little Willem Dafoe. And yeah. you also have um, a, a younger Reese, Reese Witherspoon, Witherspoon who oh plays his fiance. God. The who, breakup scene is probably another one of those. It is so it's not even scary. It is just so sad. And his reaction to her, I think, it is so heartbreaking because of how cold and just uncaring he is to her. Yet it's fucking hilarious at the same time. Yeah, he's, he's what like, does he say? He says, uh, "I'm I'm I'm addressing that I've addressed the situation and I'm handling it." He's <laughs> um, like, well, "Well, obviously, Linda, you're you're not all that important to me." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he says, "You're not Evelyn. You're not terribly important." But she was. To me. She was. Also, I mean, it's so like. But she was also fucking nuts too because she had like, like the definition bit. of like of eighties green. She like showed up with like a a fucking like mini pig as her pet. Right. She's like. Totally, party. She's a total nut job and it's absorbed into the society and the way of living. But I mean, but she still must have some sort of soul or feelings or something. something. And I mean, she breaks down and cries in such a such a realistic. I, I don't know. I think it's very realistic. And what's what's one of the things also that cracks me up? And this is something another friend and I always laugh about. And this is like I think when you're in any kind of like a bad breakup or any kind of thing. She says something, if you have the same friend, she says something to him like, well, breaking up, that's not going to work because your friends are my friends and they just won't have that. He goes, yeah, uh, listen, I thought about that and um, you can have them. <laughs> you can have them. And, and it's just so like, what? Where are you going? Where are you going, Patrick? I have to return some videos. Oh tips. my God. <laughs> you know how many times, like, during hilarity. college, how many times I. I, we I, have to, I have to, what, whenever you gotta do something, you don't want people to know. I gotta go return <laughs> some, some radio tapes. tapes. Even though Blockbuster's been closed for like fucking t- oh 15 my years. God. Even when it was open, what a hilarious thing to say. The, Just, 
Dude, and we we used to say it to each other all the time. Oh, yeah. college. Then, Video tapes have been outdated for like 20 years oh, now. Yeah. We even we, have that meme. Uh, Mark here was gracious and reminded me of this today. He sent me a meme of Patrick Bateman wielding his axe. And I thought it was like a famous meme on the internet. No, he made, actually made it. I made it. And all it just says is, you, you don't understand. I really need to return some videotapes. <laughs> <laughs> so if you want a laugh and horror, but a weird laugh and just an all-out psychological thrill and a very interesting social commentary on the of the materialism of the yuppie lifestyle of the Reagan era and where people thought they were going, check out American Psycho. And, I mean, that is really the essence, that last part's really the essence of what Brett Easton Ellis, who wrote the novel, um, was going for. Uh, he, he was living, actually, in that kind of life. He was living in this life he noticed that was... Very yuppie, very obsessed with possessions, and he wanted to get out of it, and he felt like every time he tried to stop, he couldn't. And I guess that's where he got the idea from. The um, so and I know I know Zach um saw it actually recently with uh, with Brandon and myself. Um, I you know the funny thing is like I I love your reaction of it, Zach, because. Because you because you have a reaction towards it, but you also quote lines from it too. So so you got to feel some way about it. Uh, okay, so when I first I I so, tried watching the movie many years ago, and like I said, I got up to the whole card, the business card scene. It broke me. I'm like, nope, nope, because it huh. pissed me off. I'm just like, these people piss me off. Oh, no, sure. no, can't do it. I want to rip somebody's fucking head off. And I'm not a big Christian Bale fan either, so I'm like, nope, fuck this. Oh. Yeah, so... Breaking my heart. For many years... <laughs> gee, I wonder why. <laughs> but yeah, for many years, I didn't go see it. And then Mark's always pushing me to see it. Brandon was kind of pushing me to see it. But Mark, he kind of like forced me to get down my throat. He's always making references. And then Brandon gets his 4K, because he's a 4K elitist now. And um, yeah. so I was forced to watch it against my will... And the movie is a lot better than I originally thought, especially when you look at it from the eyes of these two, how it's a satire film. Mm-hmm. I try taking it serious, and that is not the way to go about no, it. No, 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 that's, that's, yeah. that's, 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 that's not. That's, that's a huge problem with me. Um, I try to look at most films in a lot of serious ways, not B-movies. Like, if a movie's a B-movie, it's like, okay, it is what it is, but I try to... Because that's pretty much my general preference. I like darker, more serious stuff. Or if it's a slasher, it's a slasher. I love slashers, but yeah. Sure. So, yeah, I, I pretty much looked at it from the wrong way. And looking at it as a satire film, it's a much better film. I could watch it and enjoy it for the ridiculousness of it, oh, yeah, what it yeah. is. But from what I'm hearing about the book, I would much rather see the book than I would. Interesting. Yeah, like could if there if it's darker, gorier, more ridiculous. But you know what, though, the one thing I will say, though, about the book is, yes, it is all those things. But all those other things that you that they're in the movie, the, all the satire and everything else, it's all still there too. It's all that, still then there. That's perfect. Yeah, it's best of both worlds. That's what Brady Snellis was yeah. trying to go for. I mean, like the, the the whole thing with the business cards and all that and all that stuff. That's all still very much in there. Except the only difference is it's just more violent. That's it. That is the only difference. You will it. never hear me say more violence is a bad thing. Fair, <laughs> fair enough. Yeah. Yes. The the famous Wes Craven uh, oh, quote yeah. and everything else. Uh, more blood. If you can have more blood, do it. More blood. Don't be stingy. Yes. The um uh, so um uh, Zach, do you, uh, um, do you have a uh, horror comedy? Uh, so you already said Abbott and Costello meet the monsters, but for me, the best horror comedy movie in existence is Young Frankenstein. Ah. Uh, okay. Uh, okay. I I will I will. Uh, 
I never would have normally allowed that, but I'm gonna allow that. That's, it, that's an interesting. That's an interesting. It's one. a great movie. I still find that movie absolutely hilarious yeah, to this so day. Yeah, so widely known. Yeah, too. It's, um, everybody recognizes it. I mean, that's funny though. That's 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 almost like it's almost not a horror movie. It's almost just a straight up comedy. But it has you know. It has all the elements of it and everything it else. It kind of does. You know, it has Frankenstein and all that. And since you guys put, you know, Abbott Costello in there, I'm just like... I'll oh, give you that. Okay. It, it, yeah. it's all, oh, I love that movie. I, I will say this. It's hard for me. When I think... This is a big problem for me when it comes to horror. When it comes to horror, if there's any comedy element to it, horror just goes out the window for me. It's a comedy. Mm-hmm. It, it's like, if it's not dark, gritty, serious, and, you know, even terrifying in a way, or has some element of fear, I don't consider it horror. Hmm. I used to feel like I really used to feel like that and the movie that actually really made not to like stray away but the movie that made me really actually see that how weird you actually could have a movie that's horror serious but have these really funny moments is if you've ever seen as an American werewolf in London yeah that has some very specific moments of yeah really silly kind of hilarious moments and even some of the music in it but then you have these straight up just serious dark things happening and I mean the two main characters let's put it this way that spoiler alert again so if don't listen if you haven't seen it yet and if you haven't seen it you need to fucking watch it but you know we got the main characters of that film are dead at the end of that movie they end up dead (laughs) so it is can you label that movie a comedy or that but it's but it's got these comedic elements but go ahead yeah Yeah, it's, it's it's a funny thing with me like you know, there's even sometimes where I think back to like Nightmare on Elm Street, Friday the Thirteenth, and all that. It's like they started off as horror movies, yes, but as you go on, it's like they're not scary at all. Mm-hmm. You know, you're watching them kind of like you'd watch an action movie. You're watching them for the kills, the gore, the character. And mm-hmm. I mean, even Freddy, he became a comedy icon to a degree. You know, mm-hmm. he he went from this serious dream killer to you know, kind of a Joker in a way, but in a great yeah. way. And you know, I, I love all that and stuff. But yeah, when it comes to horror, I'm very very picky about what I actually consider full-blown horror. Another example, Alien. I never looked at that movie as a horror movie. I, it just never felt first, that way. First, first movie, yeah, definitely horror movie for me. Science fiction horror. Second movie, straight up action movie. Oh, absolutely. But you can you can yeah. visit our Alien podcast where yeah, we talk about it for really three cool. hours. The uh, we talked about a, a Alien for Alien <laughs> movies for three hours. Oh, almost I, four, but we almost had to four. cut off because we were going to like two. A lot of material and a lot of. A lot of uh, face huggers to cover, right? And a heated debate, but <laughs> and that too, yeah. for me, but, but that's for another day. Yeah, yeah. Young Frankenstein, though. Yeah, Young Frankenstein. So as I've said before, me and my mom, we used to watch horror movies when I was a kid, and that was one of the movies she showed me, and we enjoyed the ever living shit out. Oh my god, I loved, I love that fucking movie so much. And uh, I've never met. I don't think I could ever have met somebody who they, said they didn't, they didn't like. like if that you movie, meet somebody who probably, doesn't like it, they're soulless, and they probably there's they probably somebody out there who doesn't like it. But, they road. <laughs> Their castle, their werewolf. Why are you talking about it? I don't know. I thought you wanted to talk about that. It's Frankenstein. Oh my god. There's so many. Oh my god. And oh, it, put it on the Ritz. Put it. Oh my. Yeah. Put it on the Ritz. That's that's it. Right there. That, that's that's it. an iconic scene all yeah. on its own. The um uh, and then <laughs> what knockers? Let's take your doctor. Oh yeah. That's actually probably one. I think one of the fun think biggest things in that movie that makes me laugh is that moment. Dude, oh my. You know. You, <laughs> I, I don't know why the tit joke makes me laugh, but, but oh it, my god. It, Boobies. It, it, Something. I don't know. Sure. Yeah, it We're immature. Who cares? Sometimes, you know, yeah, I don't know. It's like something about the way that is delivered 
it, it's just perfect. Yeah, like, it's you know, perfect. But there's a lot of things in that. I mean, there's just, a lot of great. Just what's films. his name's performance as uh, as Igor or Igor? Igor. Yeah. Uh, what is his name? They're very specific on the names. Oh my god! That it, actor who played him. That's um, what's his name? Oh, I I, I know him. Um, somebody somebody Google it. Yeah. But it, um, I, I knew. Damn it! I knew his name. I'm so mad at myself. The um, uh, but some of those lines. Uh, you know, I'm a pretty good surgeon. I could probably help you with that hump. <laughs> what hump? What hump? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> Put the candle. Back. Oh yeah, I remember it now. I met Marty Feldman. Oh, Marty Feldman. Yeah, Marty yeah. Marty Feldman. Yeah, played played uh, Igor Igor um, in that one, and he appeared in a few other Mel Brooks movies. He oh was yeah, in a silent movie. He was in. Is he in another one with him? Yeah, I think so. I think he was in. A, he's in a few of them. The. I remember. Um. Uh, but um, yeah, he had all the best lines of the whole fucking movie. Like, hey, hands down. The um, just everything. You know, what <laughs> what'd you get that brain? I don't know. Some girls, Abby. Abby what? Abby normal. Abby normal. <laughs> you know what? And that's just Mel Brooks, though. That's just Mel Brooks being a genius. Oh yeah. Like you know, like that I, is a movie that holds up very well even by today's standards. Oh my god, it's still it's still it, funny as hell. And it's got the musical now based upon it, which I've never seen actually. I was gonna say I'm hearing a lot about musicals that are based off great movies. Yeah, I wonder that I if love. it's even good in comparison to the original film. I've oh god, no, I'm sure not. That yeah. is not. You know, yeah. you know, overall, it's probably fun, but it just probably doesn't. I mean, you just can't. It's a fun like, you time. Can't, you can't but... replace some of those actors, too. No, no, God, no, dude, you can't, dude. There's, yeah, there's no. no way. There's no way that that can get done. Marty Fel, uh, yeah, Marty Feldman, Madeline Kahn, uh, just uh, who played uh, Frau Blucher? Uh, oh, oh, what? The, oh, no, that's that my mom. Funny as shit. Uh, uh, oh my god. Yeah, oh yeah. my god, dude. She, did, that's funny as shit. Oh my god, she was just so fucking funny. Yeah, that's funny as hell. The, um, uh, you know, oh god. There's some, yeah, doesn't she reveal she was his granddad's girlfriend? Yeah, something like yeah. that. Now, right? It's just, <laughs> yeah. just random shit. The mistress or something was going on there, yeah. The, um, uh, um, when he's, one of my favorite things is that a line set is when the blind man is trying to give him the soup and he oh, pours yeah? it, he pours it into his lap. <laughs> is it too hot? And of course, I never even realized for the longest time, you remember who that blind man is, don't you? I don't, it I don't. It was Gene Hackman. Oh my, what? Wow. Gene Hackman. Really? I get, believe the, it is. get the hell out of here. Yeah, I believe it is, yeah. That's, that's crazy. You know, another thing about that movie that I, I wonder if people realize this, especially the younger generations again, even like us, um, is the atmosphere of that movie. The black and white, the mist and everything, and... You know, I always wondered, do people realize why it was made like that? Do That's, people understand that? Because it's supposed to mimic the... The original Frankenstein. The original Universal Horror movie. And, and that's the reason why they had that scene with the, with the little girl in the well. Oh, and everything yeah. else. You know, yeah. I, the... Um, uh, <laughs> as far as you want to show it's a pretty it's a pretty much a whole parody off the original Frankenstein pretty much yeah, yeah. and it it's is. a damn good one and one of the best parodies ever made it almost reminds like, it's got elements of the Bride of Frankenstein and it's yes, it like the blind man and the you know. yes. <laughs> the girls throwing the pennies in there all done and that's another thing also is actually go back if you haven't and look at the original the Bride of Frankenstein with Boris Karloff yeah, yeah. and all them again there is a undeniable amount of Little bits of comedy in that. Oh, movie. I'm sure. I'm sure. But it's so weird. It's it, it. It. What's his name? James Whale, who made the movie, knew how to play upon that weird, just that creepy weirdness. But it almost. But it ends up being hilarious, especially 
uh, the character Dr. Pretorius in it, and um, there is just some really bizarre things in that, and it's hard to even explain. I would say you got to almost watch it to see it. But no, no, I got gotcha, you, I got gotcha. you. Especially if you appreciate Young Frankenstein. Oh, you see those original ones. They are. Of course, this, that's actually pretty awesome. Though we went like to the classics and everything else. Like this is. It's actually pretty cool. It's I mean, when it comes to horror comedies, they're some of the best. No, I, I hear you on yeah. that. I hear you. Uh, mine's mine's a little newer. Um, uh, it's actually a movie that's that I find endlessly hilarious, but it doesn't sleep on the horror at all. Um, it's actually there's actually a couple scenes in it that are that are rather graphic um, mm-hmm. uh, and everything else, but they do hold up in the comedy. It's Shaun of the Dead. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah it's Shaun of the oh, Dead, yeah. man. Fair, and, and that is the perfect blend of horror and comedy. In, in the one scene in particular and everything else, you know, this is, I would put a spoiler alert on all this shit, but the one scene where they... they're listening to this podcast, they should just expect spoilers at this pretty point. Pretty much. Um, uh, so, kill, kill Phil. Sorry, Phil. That's yeah. probably one of my, one of my favorite. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, with the guy with the glasses and everything else in their group, when he gets dragged out of, uh, of the bar and everything else and they rip open his stomach and then they eat him from the stomach and I'm like, oh no, this is a real fucking horror movie. Like, like, <laughs> like this is a legit yeah, fucking horror movie. Like, like, they don't sleep on that at all. But it's... Oh my god, it's fun when they're outside and they're they're going through the fucking records to throw out the zombie. It's just it's just it all. Like, Batman soundtrack, throw it. Yeah, <laughs> it's, the, it's the Beatles. <laughs> Give me the White Album. <laughs> like all the other shit, and then um uh, you know, and when they're right outside the bar trying to get in, and he fucking answers his cell phone randomly. Like, hey, yeah, what's going on, Mike? Hey, yeah, yeah, everything's fine. I got time to talk. The um, it just yeah. all to the you know, it, it's just perfect blend of of comedy, and it's just about the you know they they just do it so well and it blends so well, and it's the one example that one didn't sacrifice for the other, at least in my opinion. It, okay, like, no. it, like the comedy wasn't sacri- didn't sacrifice the horror, and the horror didn't sacrifice the comedy, and I think that's the one shining example where I have to disagree with you, Zach. That they can be blended together and everything else. If it, it, and I disagree, but that's just a personal preference. No, and that's okay, man. That's okay. I just like to, for me, Shaun of the Dead. Like all those movies, they will be comedies over everything else. No, nah, I hear you. I hear you. The um, that's uh, interesting. Yeah. yeah, but um, but yeah, it's just some of the some of the great you know great scenes and that whole that whole trio and you know those guys that do those films. Oh and my god, else. Hot Fuzz and I the, mean, there's you know. some things yeah in Hot Fuzz that almost borderline in a horror. Well, dude, it's actually it's supposed to be a slasher movie. Yeah, like, you know, so it kind of is. Like I would also it's add hilarious. in there, and actually I remember a lot more of um, uh, Hot Fuzz than I do of anything else. You know, yeah, that one's my favorite. Hot I've Fuzz was ridiculous. So Stop times. with all this violence! Shit! <laughs> yeah. What the fuck? That was amazing. Oh, <laughs> yeah. uh, did you just drop kick that old lady? Yeah, yeah. The, when he high kicks her over the, the yeah. Oh my god, that's amazing. It's it, amazing. Dude, when, when it's a shame. Dude, dude have, you, have you ever jumped through the air uh, shooting a gun? No. Have you ever jumped through the air shooting two guns? No. Have you ever jumped off a building shooting guns? No. He <laughs> just goes through these fucking... Yeah. And you jump on the fences and everything else, like taking a little shortcut through the neighborhood. Oh my god. Um, uh, and actually, what's-his-face is great in that. Former James Bond. Oh, yeah, Timothy Dalton. Timothy Dalton. He's so obvious. I love the way he plays the character. He's so, like, obviously guilty and villainous of something. Oh, my God. So you're just waiting, like, okay, well, something's going to come out about him. Something. Yeah. Something. Oh, my God. But, yeah, those guys. And then also, um, of course, is um, Zombieland. 
Zombieland's okay. another movie that does not sleep on the uh, on the horror, but it, yeah. it's so yeah. cute oh, with the comedy. The Twinkies. The, yeah. Oh my god! <laughs> I know you in here, you delicious <laughs> bastards. <laughs> That's one unfortunate. I've only seen it once. I've Same seen, here. I've seen it a couple times. See it a few times. Yeah, I, I remember. The, supposedly, there's a sequel happening sometime this year. I I, I mean, I, I certainly I, ho- I certainly hope so, and I certainly hope it's good. I was gonna say I yeah, would hope, hope more that it's good than anything else. That's that's one of those ones. I'm like, is it needed? Yeah, like how many. Years ago was that 2009? It was Something a while ago. That's like damn near it's, it's, ten years ago. Yeah, it was it, years if it was 2009, that's ten years ago. Thank God that that flew by. Yeah, God, that's insane. I mean, ten years ago. I mean, Avatar's coming back supposedly, quote unquote. Ten years later. Ten you know? years later. Yeah, yeah again, if been that long, yeah. the um, he's been waiting on that one, but no, it's James you. Cameron, the greatest pioneer. But um, yeah, dude, with whole with fucking Bill Murray showing up and everything else, <laughs> yeah, they get stoned with Bill Murray and fucking reenacting Ghostbusters. Yeah, <laughs> Bill, goddamn Murray. Like, I gotta say this and everything else. I've been I've been watching movies since I learned how to masturbate. Not that any of those are related. <laughs> everything else, but, <laughs> but God, the how um, old were you, <laughs> Willie Nelson? You don't know who Willie Nelson is. <laughs> no. No matter how you say it and everything else, I'm still not going to know who that is. Man, I've forgotten so many of these jokes. Oh, there were so many good jokes. And actually, the last scene of them, you know, uh, shooting, you know, um, doing the whole zombie fight at the very end was fucking fantastic. Yeah, I remember When Woody Harrelson is going through all the rides and everything else. There is something about a couple of, I don't know, it's like the things that stuck out for me with that movie, actually, oddly, are some of the more serious elements, like the reveal... Uh, that you thought that Woody Harrelson, spoiler alert again, if you have not seen it, yeah, do yeah, not that listen was... to this part, but watch the movie, it's good. Um, one of the, is the reveal that Woody Harrelson... Yeah, that wasn't his dog, did, that was his it son. It wasn't his dog, it was his kid. His kid, you know, oh, that was, that's that. fucking heartbreaking. And then there's also just that element in the movie, how you never uh, know almost any of the characters' real names. They're all named after where they were from. Tallahassee. Tallahassee, Wichita. Wichita, yeah. Yeah, and all because, you know, it's like about this survival thing and not getting too close. And, he, you know, I, I don't know, it, it really kind of puts some things from a scenario like that, like an apocalypse, zombie apocalypse, end of the world scenario into play that... You know what? And, and that's and, that's, and they did it in a comedy, and they, and they and, haven't and, done that in some other serious movies like that. And, you know what, though? That's, that, you know, that's when, you, when you know that you're not... You're not sacrificing the story and the characters for anything. Yeah. Right. Like, the comedy works when it works, the drama works when it works, the horror works when it works... And everything else. I mean, and the whole thing about like him coming up with the rules and everything else was brilliant. Yeah. The um the only thing I wish they did was more of those cutaway scenes. Like they only did one and everything else, like Zombie Killer of the Week and everything else. Like, no, that belongs to Mitch Blanchett or whatever at the church. And she oh. pulls a fucking lever and a piano comes down. I wish they did more of that, like more of the family guy shtick uh, every mm-hmm. once in a while. Um, uh, but besides that though, I, I it was a really, really fun movie. Um uh, Bill Murray Cameo made it the best. Um, uh, overall, really, really fun movie. Um, once again, I hate fucking clowns, so they they made they they um uh, you know they uh, they made it awesome uh, with him killing a clown. Yeah, you played a clown. Isn't I know. How ironic! How ironic! We both played clowns. We did in fact both play in a killer guns. clown movie. Yes, indeed, indeed. So, so all right, guys. Well, um, any other last minute thoughts on horror comedy, Vinny? I think I got. I think I got mine covered. Yeah, Zach, pretty much. Zach, all right, awesome. The um, uh, you know what? There's a lot of good, uh, good comedy. There's a lot of good horror. And there's a lot of good comedy horror out there. Um, uh, so I definitely recommend watching a lot of it. Um, especially go back to those old Abbott and Costellos. Those are 
fucking dope. Absolutely. See where it began. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So I'm gonna. All right. So um, and I got my uh, question of the podcast. Um, uh, you know, and this is something I was thinking about today, and because we have another actor here and everything else. What is a movie that you would love to see any actor in a horror movie that hasn't been in a horror movie before that you think would be really cool to see? So wait, what actor would I want to see in a horror movie? Yep, what actor would you want to see in a horror movie that has not been in a horror movie? Oh, that's... Hmm. That's funny because most of these great actors get their start in horror movies. I know, but like, you know, even if they want to get in on the second round, like, you know, like Tom Hanks, like, you know, he was in a horror movie like... At his very beginning of the career, but like to see them now yeah. doing a horror yeah. movie, the um uh, you know, I I actually I would probably pick um uh, Tom Hanks, the um uh, yeah the, that would be very interesting that would be really interesting and I would want to see him play like an older villain like you know an actual horror movie character maybe a you know an old guy down the street that's creepy. Um, uh, you know, he's at that age where he can be the older creepy guy. Yeah. I would love to see him play Mr. Fucking Rogers and then immediately following it play a horror movie. <laughs> uh, a, a serial killer or something. That's kind. very interesting. The, um, like, just a total, you know, a total flip of what he would normally do. You know, playing a, you know, a good, you know, he's normally good guys. Like, or men of conflict or anything like that. Or, you know, youthful characters that have a lot of energy and are very positive. I would love to see him flip the script and play a fucking just vile human being. Yeah. Um, just to see how far that, that that could be taken. And I think he could pull it off. I, I don't know. I, I think it would be a... The story would probably be a creepy old man from down the street that's, you know, you know probably accused of murder, you know, however go and buries bodies in his basement. Sure, something like that. Some, okay, yeah. Something in that kind of genre. But I would... That's what, that's so you yeah. want to make Tom Hanks the villain of Suburbs. Yes. Or yes. <laughs> oh, and how, what the fuck? How do we miss that for horror movie comedy? That's one of the best fucking horror movie comedies ever. I totally forgot about the fucking burbs. Burbs, yeah. You seen the burbs? Parts of it. I need to see the whole thing. Oh my god, you need to go back. By the way, go and watch the burbs. That is such a funny fucking movie. And it's like, on Amazon Prime right now. Dude. Yeah, it's on Amazon. Oh That's my actually god. how I saw it like a few months ago. I totally forgot about yeah, I totally fucking forgot about that movie. Corey Feldman's in that movie. <laughs> The, um, I just love when he, he brings his date back to his fucking um, uh, his house. It's like, I want to see a movie. Like, babe, you're about to watch a movie. Like, check this out. <laughs> and, like, he sees it. Like, and they all get fucking attacked by bees. And Carrie, he's married to Carrie Fisher in the movie because... Carrie Fisher's in it? Carrie yeah. Fisher's his wife in that movie. Okay, so that's what she was doing around those years. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's what she did right after. I think she did it right after Jedi. Because I think that might you have think been this, that would line up. I think that was the same year was or that, a year afterwards. Was that after Blues Brothers? Probably. Wait, she was in Blues Brothers. She was she a crazy ex girlfriend. Crazy ex girlfriend. The one who's trying to kill. Um, uh, Holy Jenny and Tyler, shit! The um, uh, she was fucking great. I loved it. God. You I know it's amazing how many movies she was in, but you don't think about it till you actually either go back and watch them. You're like, wait, shit! Holy shit! It's like you think yeah. Carrie Fisher, you think Princess Leia. You yeah. don't think about any of the other great roles she was in. It it always just goes back to Leia. But yeah, which isn't a bad thing, but still. But but yes, the answer. Rest in peace. Yes, indeed. Uh, um, uh, but yes, to go back to your original question, then yes, I would love to see Tom Hanks play the ice pig killer <laughs> from the fucking Burbs. That okay. would be fantastic. Okay. 
The um uh, yeah they they been how the fuck did we miss the burbs man? But I you know we can talk about the burbs for like a half an hour like just go see it it's it's so worth your time. It's a good movie. It's a great movie. Like it okay so quick plot synopsis. Tom Hanks lives in a suburban area. He is on like um a two week vacation from his work in the middle in dead heat of summer, and a, a creepy neighbors move in next door. Um, to his house, and there's a sinking suspicion that they murdered the previous neighbors that were in there. Um, it's probably in the same kind of vein as like like Beetlejuice, which another is another great horror movie comedy that somehow we also slept on as well. I, I like how we're thinking of all these movies after. Yeah, after well, this we goes to show you how many they are. I feel like we just chose a few of our essentials. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. But keep in mind, there's way we are not by any means naming. Like all of them in this thing, or are we naming? We couldn't what, all of them. Yeah, you couldn't. There's, there's a lot. There's a lot more out there. And there's yeah, what's coming. Horror to has mind. been around for a long time, and for those of you who are just now getting into horror because it's mainstream, supposedly. Yeah, there's a, so much. There's out there. so much shit out there. I love it. like I love fucking Beetlejuice and everything else. You're working with a professional. <laughs> Kicks over the tree. Nice fucking model. <laughs> so you would pick Tom Hanks. That's interesting. I yeah, think, I, I think I have mine. Actually. Um. Go. Go. Yeah, dude. It, but just last thought, dude. It just yeah. just to see him do something completely different yeah, than he's ever done before. Dude. And I think he has the range. I think he has the range to do something interesting, um, like that. And that and actually, The Burbs was the closest he's ever been to being in a horror movie. Like, huh. it, like you know, like the, and then also what about the Dungeons and Dragons movie that Brandon showed us uh, the trailer for mm. was that a horror? I don't. Did no. you ever see that? No, I never did. Yeah. No, no. But but he was in a horror movie like. Like way before, like fucking like Bachelor Party, like his first movie, like yeah. he was in a horror movie before. that was some indie movie that nobody ever saw. Oh, that's and, right. and like and the Burbs and Yes is technically a horror comedy and everything else. So I did forget about the Burbs for a second, but but I would like to see him play in a straight up horror movie, yeah. a like dark no, serious, dark serious, no comedy, you know, no comedy involved and everything else. Horror movie, I think he'd be great. Go ahead, man. No, uh, so, so you got Tom Hanks, and that's a definitely an interesting, really interesting idea, um, especially now, like especially older Tom Hanks now. And So I guess mine has to be, now this might be one that a lot of people have already, and one could say, oh, he's kind of done horror-esque movies, but he has never done a horror movie. The closest I could think is a th- dark couple dark thrillers. But this man I would choose because he is... There's, he's been rumored to be in a technically horror history movie for a long time, and that would be Leonardo DiCaprio. Um, I would love to see do something with that. Well, do something very I just serious. Want, I just want to see that fucking movie. I know exactly what movie you're talking about. H.H. Holmes. H.H. Holmes. That's in the rumor mill for three, maybe yeah, four years and now. I think that's what made this pop in, him pop into my head. Um, plus, just, I don't know. I don't know if I'd want to see him, though, as like the protagonist who's dealing with the crazy person... Or just see him as the madman. I would want to see him as the madman. Yeah. I don't I think he's ever really done that type of role before. The closest thing was his uh, character in Django. Yeah. Can- Candyland. Yeah. Calvin Candy was That was good, but I want to see him actually as a murdering fucking psychopath. Yeah. Well, yeah. That would be awesome. Yeah. It was in Django, and it was pretty close. He was dancing on there. He was I dancing mean, on evil. He um, was evil, but he wasn't, you know, out to just kill people for yeah, the sake of... Yeah, he's a of, little more of a believable, historical base. Yeah, he's yeah. just a racist. You, you know, yeah. Well, yeah. And, the, um, uh, and, then, and then, obviously, he, he approached a little bit in Shutter Island. 
Uh, right, and that's the one I was going to say. It's like some people might try to claim Shutter Island, but to me, Shutter Island is completely a psychological thriller. Yeah. I think, I think, that, I think, I think maybe no. I, I almost want to rephrase my question and everything else because this might be an easier one and everything else, and I think this is the way it's going, is what actor or actress would you like to see play the actual villain of yeah. a horror movie to actually play the killer or the, 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 okay. the, the, the you know, not necessarily playing the hero of it, but the actual villain of it. So, okay, well... So, so that... Yeah, yeah, DiCaprio, I think, would still be my answer. Yeah, for Devil in the White City. That's yeah, a good choice. So the rumor was that the, the Chicago Historical Society canned the movie. They really? Were, they Are fe- you fucking they, they, kidding they, me? That's why? That's the, that's the rumor. That, I don't know how, that. Wait, wait, how and why? Because, they, it, because uh, I think this was... When the movie was being developed, we were the number one murder capital. Oh God at, damn at, at it! At the time with, and everything. They else. allow Chirac to be released, but can you know? Oh, of course, you know. Are course. you fucking of kidding course. me? Of course. The, um, Jesus. But, but but yeah, that's that, that's the reason why. Okay. And and you know what? And, and actually, that might have been when we were trying to get an Olympic bid. Huh? I wonder. That, see, that I, when we were trying to get the Olympics here, I think that here might... Here in Chicago? Yeah. yeah. That we lost yeah. How the fuck were we going to do that? Oh, uh, we lost it because... We lost it uh, to fucking Brazil. Yeah, didn't we lose it, as Robin Williams said, because yeah, we they, sent Oprah Winfrey and Brazil sent uh, a bunch of strippers and hookers and a suitcase is full of blow. Whoa, yeah. <laughs> what, do they, what do you think they chose? Oprah shaved pussy. Yeah. <laughs> Oprah, will story. you? No, no, we're gonna go this way. That's the, a story there, all on its own. The um, yeah. uh, but yeah, I, I'm surprised <laughs> you didn't know that, dude. We were, yeah, we were, when when da- <laughs> Dalian was in his last. Are you sure though? The Devil in the White City got canned. Got, I I recall hearing about the release of that movie some while after that. Dude, I heard I heard about this movie like. Three years ago. Well, the, yeah, well, two, that is, that's too damn it's recent. It's like it keeps appearing and then it like gets backtracked. But it, I don't know why. It, 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 I'm gonna appear and then disappear. But but like uh, it, like um yeah I've heard many different rumors in the movie again rumors I yeah. not that I, you know, these are not factual by any means and everything else you know yeah, but the day it's just an epiphany yeah exactly or an apostrophe <laughs> yeah whatever I don't know if they really are if the historical society is actually trying to block that that's pretty fucked up shame that's on that fucking stupid because you cannot block you should not be blocking and trying to censor history that is it's a fucked up it's a fucked up moment in history and it's the truth and then again Chicago's the most what Corrupt like city in the state yeah. union, so we're I mean, supposedly like, one of them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. According to the F, yeah, director you hear that, of the Chicago F. Chicago yeah. politicians, and you know who I am. So if you're gonna send your hits on me, you might as well do it now. Yeah. <laughs> well, they just well, flash to the window. Well, no, oh is, shit, they're already here. Well, yeah, he, he, you are sitting the closest to the window. I am. <laughs> <laughs> the um, uh, no, Devil in the White City. Leo playing the Devil in the White City. We've been waiting for it. We've yeah, been we waiting have. for it for a long fucking for time, and yeah. and no one's you know done anything about it. It's unfortunate. It, it, you know, it, it's it sucks. And I'm sure it would be a great fucking movie, if not his best movie. It, I, I don't want to see Leo with that fucking handlebar mustache, man. That huge fucking I'm thing. Just, yeah, I'm just trying to picture him as this just crazy, crazy, what the fucking bowler, meditated, the... just beyond insane. Just oh my god, well, dude. I mean, like you, you literally... read about that man. That, that oh, dude, like. One of the most heinous people that could you could imagine. Like, it, like you know, normal people play, play find the ball in the cup. He was playing uh, find the blonde in the room. Yeah. The um, uh, you know, like he literally had secret rooms yeah. and shit. Yeah, he like, constructed the thing. It was a kill factory. I mean, there's so it was much literally, cool shit you could do with that in a movie. Dude, and then you're getting Leonardo DiCaprio as yeah. your pretty much your lead. Dude, I mean, like literally, hold on, like H. H. Holmes has to be the inspiration for Saul. I don't know. Like I, I don't mean, know like about just, that. like it's a good theory. I remember like, yeah. like the like the fuck like 
never made Loose, that loosely because because obviously Saw is all about like more morality and I'm killing people to to let them not live and all that blah 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 bullshit. But that way he constructed his house and everything else, you know, as you know, death is a death house and everything else. Right. And that's very very Saw esque. Yeah, I, I'd be curious to yeah. know if they did draw some inspiration in that. You I mean, it wouldn't surprise me. No yeah. matter, it wouldn't surprise me at all. You know, not at all. But yeah, no, I'm definitely, I'm definitely dig your choice, brother. Make the damn Holmes movie, or at least put Leo in some sort of a cool role like that. I say just do the Holmes movie. That's do gold yeah, waiting to Holmes, happen. Yeah, like seriously, you're you're sitting on a fucking gold mine right there. Take advantage of it. Not to mention that, like you know, you, you're talking about a movie too that was going on during the World's Fair in Chicago. Oh my god! And then there was a, there was a bunch of other fucked up shit going on during that time. But it was also like the turn of the century. Like like it was. It was a huge changing period for just the world. Oh, Not right. just Chicago, but for the fucking world. You know, I mean, what age, that was only what a couple of years. I think after it was eighteen ninety. Was that the eighteen ninety three World's Fair? Yeah, because it was after the Chicago Fire. Um, you know, what's creepy is if you think, uh, and there's some people that theorize. You know, he's Jack the Ripper. Yeah, well, I mean, and I don't, I don't actually believe he is, but. It's a fun theory, it a but fun I, theory, I prefer to but believe... But you did have the Ripper only about five to six years earlier in 1888, I like to think Jack the Ripper is the one great serial killer who got away and is left as an unknown mark on history. Well, I just wonder, that's a weird thing to say, but it's like he, he's, he's a legend when it comes to serial well, killers. Well, the funny thing is that they... It, well, two fun facts about that is, is one, they almost caught him. Like, they, they just found the body. And he, they missed him. They missed him by like. They think they did hear know, that five yeah. minutes. There was an incident where they, couple instances, yeah, where they think they missed him by. And, and also too, yeah. He was the Zodiac before the Zodiac was the Zodiac, right? Because they were actually the London paper was actually sending out notifications and actually um, a newspaper tip line, so to speak, back then of you know of people to say hey. Um, you know, we we need tips and everything else because we have no idea who this is. You know, anybody can come forward anonymously and everything yeah. else, you know, and we'll provide a reward. And people just like the Zodiac would send in fucking shit. Like, yeah. they would send in, like, creepy letters and everything else. The funny thing is that there was a letter written by a guy who said, um, uh, who, who described, like, described a little bit of the murder and everything else in... Decent detail, and everything else, and he wrote it in it wrote it in red ink, and he pretended to be blood and everything else in the ink, and then he signed it Jack the Ripper. Funny enough, about a week later, another dude who actually sent in a piece of someone's fucking liver, yep, the kidney, the kidney, the kidney. And a piece of kidney, sent it in, and and addressed it and addressed it a different name. But the newspapers that loved... Letter, well, that letter was called the From Hell letter. The From Hell letter. From Hell because there's a film, and the film, in my opinion, is, gar- is somewhat gar... It's got some neat things about it, but it is a bad adaption of a very amazing graphic novel by Alan Moore. Mm. But, From Hell. But, yeah, that was the From Hell letter, and I believe all it said was... Uh, I believe it, 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 all it said was, sorry and catch me if you can. There is no name on it. Correct, correct. But, it, it, so, so, technically... The guy that sent in the letter for, or to pretending to be Jack the Ripper isn't actually the killer that they were after. It's just some random. What's the name? It's just random psychopath that just sent in a well, letter. You want to know attention. something crazy about that? That was the letter, the one you're thinking of. There's a new show about it, and I don't remember where you can watch it. There was a new. Uh, <coughs> there was a new letter. There was a new show I saw a couple of years ago, and they actually deduced and think that 
that letter, the Jack the Ripper letter, was made by guys, journalists for the newspaper at the time. <laughs> to sensationalize and sell it. So they think that the news, that as we do today, the media is who gave him the name Jack the Ripper. Which Wouldn't is, doubt it. Which is funny, you know, so that there's that theory. In the, so, But the general consensus is... That the, that the person who wrote the letter Jack the Ripper isn't actually the killer. No, not at, anything all. Else. So not that, at that, all. That's, the, big, that's that. the crazy thing. The about real this. killer probably never even called himself Jack the Ripper. Ripper. And no, no, had no intention of doing it. Yeah. Anything else. Which, funny enough, I mean, he probably ran with the shit, though. Oh, absolutely. He probably heard it. He's like, oh, that's and that, something. And to get back on track, that's another thing. If you're not going to do The Devil in the White City, somebody make a new, very well done, accurate movie or something about the Ripper case for Ripper. a change. I don't think anybody's ever really done that. The only one is, the only good, well, the only big, there were some old, old ones back in the 40s and the 50s. There's the famous one called The Lodger um, that, that was based on it. But, uh... The only one in recent years that's really been done on a high-scale level was the movie From Hell, but they strayed so far from the book. They got some of the history all wrong in it. Just some, they made, it's neat, but they made some, for some, it's neat for some elements, but they made some atrocious mistakes in it, too. No, no, I, I hear you on that. What about, what about you, Larry? Um, what about who's you? the actor that you want to see casted in? So... This one may be very debatable because you may consider one of his earliest and best movies to be a horror film. I consider it a good action piece. Arnold Schwarzenegger. Nice. Okay. I would love to see him play a either sadistic murderer or a super serious serial killer. Huh. I mean, yeah. I mean, again, he I'll... he plays a robot in the Terminator. I mean, and then he becomes a hero. I, it, it's one of those things where it's like, I never looked at the Terminator as a horror series. I can know you just what, make him, yeah, kind of like, so you want to see, like, can we just take Arnold? I want I Arnold to be an actual, actual killer. Ironically yeah. enough, I, the, the same way I feel about Alien is the same way I feel about Terminator. I think the first movie is a, I don't want to say a horror movie, but but thriller. Sure. It, way more of a thriller than it is an action movie. Like, I think it's a fantastic thriller. And actually, the only part that pisses my it pisses me off is they should have cut the first uh, first ten minutes out of that movie. No. Yep. The, dude, the those whole, future whole, scenes are great. But the whole, but you know, what? in the first movie though, it, it's 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 like one flight, you know, one one thing over. They get more detailed in the second movie about the futuristics of the first movie. All it is is just like a few a few of those jets flying over, and then a small little paragraph explaining it. That's it. Like, if they cut that out of it, they get more detail in the second one, which I wouldn't want to take away. Didn't, we see, John, didn't we see Kyle Reese running around, though, in the flashbacks of it, too? You they, see it in the flashbacks they later in the flashbacks. Yeah. But I would have took the first part of the movie out, and that would have been even more of a thriller because you could have started out with just a serial killer running around murdering people named Sarah Connor. And then it dissolved into... Serial killer named... Ser- what? No, cur- a serial killer running around killing women named Sarah Connor. Oh, okay. I'm just, because that's no, exactly- you said a serial killer named Sarah Connor. Oh, I'm, I'm like, wait, oh, what? Yeah, wait. No, I'm sorry about that. <laughs> what movie are you talking about? Well, that'd be, that'd be interesting. But but it, you started the movie like that, and it's just a serial killer running around murdering people named Sarah Connor and everything else. And then it dissolved... That actually would be really strange if you didn't even know the, sci- the sci-fi context of it, and that slowly and, got revealed. And I, I think that would have been a much better... I was going to say... I, no, if, if That's almost gonna, a different movie. I was gonna say if you're gonna if you're not gonna start it from the future scene, start it with Arnold Schwarzenegger coming in from the future. Yeah, and then as soon as you know that shot of him looking over the city starts, cue the theme and the title sequence, because that theme is 
arguably... The, oh, no, 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 I wouldn't want to get rid of I, I was going to say, the theme is arguably the most iconic theme next to Jaws. I wonder what kind of killer, though, Arnold would play. If he, like, you know, if he's going to play a realistic, regular, daily guy who, who's a killer... I'm curious. I could see him playing play. a batshit insane one or a serious, you know, creepy. Well, like, there's he's a at this point he's a really he's actually a pretty I, damn good actor. I, I can see him doing a lot. Honestly, dude, and this might be a little too close to home, dude, but I think it'd be he'd be crazy good playing a some type of um, of 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 Nazi scientist. Oh, okay. <laughs> you know, so, somebody doing human experiments. Why is Julian Bishop from Austria? <laughs> you know, or playing, you know, uh, a guard or a torturer of that time. The um during World War II, being an SS officer. An SS, yeah. I want to say, SS uh, I would rather see more. Huh. I, I want to see more from him. You know, maybe make it supernatural, maybe make it based in the real world where he's just, you know, a fucking psychopath. But either way, I like, just... There's a lot there. Yeah. yeah. Like, there's a lot there. There's, there's a lot of interesting stuff that can, can happen. Like, right? Can the cop or detective or whatever fighting him that's dealing with him please be Sylvester Stallone? That would, yes! be, that would be amazing to me. We finally get Arnold and S- Stallone in a film. To get, two films, actually. There was Expendables, of course, which is good. And then there's the Prison Break movie. Escape Plan. Yeah. yeah. But I like your idea better. It'd be interesting, wouldn't it? You know what? Make both Stallone... It's fucking ter- it's Terminator meets Copland. No, it's Terminator meets Rambo. <laughs> meets Rambo and Copland. Oh, Copland, a little dash of Copland. A little dash of Copland. No, if, if we were ever going to get a crossover, I'd love to see Schwarzenegger Terminator versus Rambo. That would be awesome. That would be interesting. Rambo yeah. Last Blood. Uh, spoiler alert. Oh my god! Yeah, <laughs> that movie happens. Oh. Shit. All bets are off, yo. All bets are off. That's the, right. Um, uh, that's fucking fantastic. Next, next fall, yeah. Yeah, dude, that'd be interesting, man. That'd be that'd be a really interesting um, uh, thing. Like, yeah. I, I don't know, like I don't know how it would be, like, but I'd be very interested to see what happens. Like, you know, like because he's old and grizzled now, but he's still built, so he can. There's still a lot he can do. Like, no, you're not wrong, dude. I mean, like, he it's, could, you know, there's something to be said about that. Mm-hmm. There really is something to be said about right. that. You can even, you, you, if you want to make something ironic, make him a hunter. Hmm. You know, take elements of Predator and Terminator, combine them into one, into his character, and... <laughs> Arnold Schwarzenegger in the remake of Deliverance. You can play the banjo. It's gonna be great. The um, uh, get down, get down. He's going to rape you. Get down, you idiot. The um, oh, I gotta fucking love it. All right, so I think I think that's I think it's actually a pretty good fucking list. That's a really good list right there. Um, of we need Arnold in more movies. Yes, yeah, no, I'm, I'm in agreement. Keep that. him acting and keep him alive. The uh, at least until I meet him. Yeah, and then he can die. The, he can't die. He's immortal. The um, we'll uh, just create T eight hundreds. Arnold Schwarzenegger is in fact a uh, a warlock. Anyway, um, the there uh, you go. Arnold Schwarzenegger has the warlock on that guy. The warlock. Make a movie. Just call it the warlock. Arnold Schwarzenegger. I'm crazy. I'm a psycho. I'm gonna stab you. I'm going to give you a tumor. Oh God. The what was your dad doing? What did he do? What was your what does who's your daddy and what does he do? Um, kindergarten cop. Anyway, um, uh, so you know what? So all right, cool. So that's awesome. I'm gonna go and I definitely want to talk about um, our little production section. 
Um, it's actually a really cool opportunity because we actually have um, a really accomplished actor. We have a very accomplished director. Um, I would love to get both of you guys' take on um, what you as an actor um, would love to see from a director and what you as a director would love to see from an actor. Um, uh, you know, um, and get your kind of perspective on that, especially for all the actors out there. You know, what's, yeah. what's fair? You know, what's fair... You know what? What questions should you ask? What you what you shouldn't? What should you be prepared for? What you be it should be prepared. There's a lot of actors out there that want to you know they want to advance their career. They have a dream. They want to act. They you know but they don't have as much experience as say you or I have, and they want to learn a little bit more about that. What are some tips um, as you as an actor dealing with directors? I would say one of the big things is um, really try to form. It'd be not, it's nice as an actor, it's always nice when you can really form some sort of a nice relationship with your director, with the director, no matter who you're directing with this and that, because I think there's always something you can maybe learn from them. Um, there's, they might guide you, you know, they might be able to help you out in other places, this and that. Um, I, I think that's, that's an important, you know, and it, it, be, it can become a very nice collaborative thing i mean there's a reason why you see these famous directors bringing back a lot of same actors for a lot of these movies you know i mean we've seen that time and time again um you know that that's always a good thing i think when those relationships are happening i would say like i guess while working um every actor's thrilled well i don't know actually i should never say that every actor every actor's different actually so I don't know where, why the hell that came out of my mouth, but many actors, I think, are thrilled, would be more fair to say, um, with a director who gives them a bit of freedom to build that character, whatever it is, but that doesn't, it, it's, but, but you also want some guidance, some input from a director, definitely. Um, I, again, for, I mean, if I'm going to talk about, I guess, myself, because I only know me, um, yeah, I, I really appreciate and enjoy times and working with directors who kind of have a nice even balance of that. Um, on film, almost every director I've ever been around are very, they, they are very open. They are very, they seem to always be very open, but it's good when they do know what they're looking for because that's going to help you know what to do in the process. It's going to guide you again along the way. Um, and I've had a director or two, more on stage, not on film, who was just so domineering and so controlling about what the characters are, where they should be, how they should stand, when they should move, that I felt like a goddamn map painting. And I refused to, uh, I actually kind of refused to do that. Luckily, that was community college, and, uh, that was long ago, and, um... Uh, it was a community college show, and I, and uh, I was pleased that at least people liked the performance. The director, she tried to actually, because it was a class, she tried it counted as a class. She downgraded me and a couple other people, I think, to a B, just because we didn't follow her exact directions after opening. Um, yeah, so don't be a damn ego trip, you know. Don't be a damn ego trip to your actors, but don't don't be an ego trip as an actor towards your director either. What's um What's a story that you, uh, that you can tell that where you had a really good experience with a director? You know, things just clicked, or you know, you you're like, you know what? That's the example 
that I want all my directors to shoot for. Um, really, I would say an example was this film I was on, and I worked with the same director again. I I hope you're still out there. By the way, maybe if you listen to this someday, am I allowed to say? Yeah, yeah, you, you know, can say. Yeah, yeah. This is positive after all. His name is Tim Volkner, and Tim Volkner worked for a, uh, a group called Scotchworthy Productions, and Tim did a short film I did with him. It was one of the first like like semi professional semi more professional film things that was called separate checks it was this little restaurant comedy and um and he was just so encouraging and he was so friendly and it was like and he again he came up he suggested ideas he was like you know maybe this is what your character's thinking in this moment maybe he feels this way about it maybe he had the idea but he's playing with it and he's giving you the idea of what he's thinking you can maybe do with it where he's picturing it and saying what if he did this? And it's leaving that idea to you as the actor, and you get to take that now and play with that and go, okay, me as this character, if I'm this character, how would I handle that? Nice. I'm going to go in that direction. Nice. And it was the same thing. I worked with him on another one, and it was kind of that. So, I mean, it, it's, it gives ideas. It gives ideas, I think, in the, in the direction that he wanted it to go, but he's also very open to what that actor is going to do with it, and it's encouraging. Nice, nice, nice. The um, uh, I'll I'll say my my piece last, but I definitely want to hear from uh, actor, director, then actor. Um, uh, you know, Zach, what are, you know, where are your thoughts on 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 that? You know, same same kind of structure. Yeah, um, I I definitely agree with a lot of Vinny's points, and I think they mirror my own. I think you should try to build a relationship with your actor, even to a small degree. I will admit, I don't think I've done a great job at that on the past two shorts we've done, but I'm working to get better at that. Like. The best actor-director experience I've had is definitely with my senior film, and that is with you and Kalika. I mean, look at where we are now. I still work with Kalika, and I work with you on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. You know, um, but that was my own written piece. That was my own, like, passion project and all that. But, yeah, so I was was heavily involved in every aspect of that piece. But, yeah, um, and then there should... You know, I, I give very simple instructions. If I feel the, the actor needs to be nudged a certain way, I'll continue to keep pushing in that direction until I feel like mm-hmm. I've gotten the performance I like. And uh, I guess one of the big thing is we just, I just don't have an ego. So he's not Stanley Kubrick, guys. Yeah, That's good to know. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I kind of more lie with James Cameron, at least when it comes to my own personal work, writing, directing, and all that. But when it comes to like stuff that I'm directing for other people, I'm more easygoing sure. and I'm open to I'm definitely open to uh, opinions and you know critiques and stuff but yeah it, it's like as long as we have a mutual respect that's the big thing mutual respect if I if you ever feel like I'm pushing your button let me know I can tone things down if you ever feel uncomfortable please let me know because if you're uncomfortable if something is wrong then you're clearly not going to give the best performance you're not going to do the job that you yeah. need to do so I need to make sure you are in the best state of mind that best fits the role that you are doing at that time. The um, uh, the one thing I was going to ask you though was you know I know you said you know your 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 thing your senior thesis and everything else can um I would love to hear a story um uh, that you know you that you the same way I went, went with Vinny and everything else what's a story that you're like oh that's that's how I want an actor to to have a relationship with me or if I, or you know you you even observed it yourself and you said you know what that's that's how I want to handle actors from now on 
that's the example right there that I want to, I want to do going forward. I can't really think of an example. This is something that's just come naturally to me. Or if there is an example, I just can't think of it. You oh. know, um, I observe others the way they direct. You know, one of the things I do is whenever I'm on set, usually I'm kind of one of the side guys, grip, sound, or as recently, visual effects supervisor and stuff like that. But I always observe every set I'm on carefully because I'm like, all right, what is going wrong? What can I do better on my sets? True. You know, especially in school, I was on a lot of sets before I did any of my own big sets. So I'm just like, don't do that. Don't do that. Make sure that doesn't fuck up like that did. <laughs> and it's just those little mental notes. And even directing notes, it's just like, okay, don't direct your actors like that. Don't do that. Do, oh, do that. That seems to work. Okay. And then I just kind of used Mark and Kalika as my guinea pigs. And, you know, things ended up working out very well. And again, I got the performance out of them I needed. And they're really great friends and everything. So... I, I got really fucking lucky. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you certainly did. The um, uh, you know, and then one thing I um, uh, I actually gave you a um, a piece of advice, and it's funny that you still use it. I stole it from Clint Eastwood. Um, uh, the uh, when I was watching him in Inside the Act Studio, he's talking about being on Rawhide, and how oh. the, and how the directors would would you know yell action um in those huge boom mics and would freak the fuck out of the horses. So he he never like um so he never wanted to ever do that on set. Wow. Because he treats actors like horses. It's like, yeah, I don't want to freak you out and everything else. So what he'll do wow. is, so what he'll do is when he's ready to set up a shot and everything else, everybody knows his signals and everything else. He'll get the shot set up and everything else. Maybe we'll have a little bit of conversation with, with the, with the actor and he'll step behind the camera and he'll get the shot ready to go when the DP already is rolling. And you know, and he'll just sit back just whenever you're ready. I knew I love him. I just want him more now. <laughs> but, uh, and then, you know, and then, and then, when he's done, when he gets what he wants and everything else, you know, or, or if he needs something else, he's like, hey, try it this way. And then when he gets what he wants, he's set for that. Moving on. Wish I could sit and talk to him about acting. The um, uh, I act, act under him. <laughs> I mean, you know, and it, and the funny thing is that you know, with the exception of like c- scenarios where Zach needs to call action because he's way the fuck over on the other side and everything else, he does that to this day. I love it. Yeah. You know, whenever you're it's right. a simple trick and it works yeah. very well. Whatever you're you know, right. I, I haven't had any problems with it. Nobody's ever brought it up and it's an issue. It's just like, all right, that's his thing. All right, let him do it. The um, and it's and it's worked effectively. And yeah. it I don't think it would work for everybody, but it definitely works for you. The um, it, uh, it, you know what? I like it better. The um, uh, and I and I appreciate that you took the. It's, it. it's nicer. It's calmer, and you know, it, it feels more natural to me. You know, and typically too, you're dealing with a you know with a horror genre a lot of times, and that's a little bit more of an intense emotion. Um, so you know, there's definitely you know um, some positivity about being calm in those situations. Um, and then I guess for me on the acting side and everything else is um, understanding and enthusiasm, my two biggest ones, mm-hmm. um, or um, sympathy and, and enthusiasm. You know, understanding sympathy is probably the same thing. Enthusiasm and just enjoying what you're doing. Have a direction, have a purpose towards it, but, you know, be passionate about it. You know, I enjoyed being on Zach's set because, because he amazingly loves horror. You know, he, uh, one of I'm our... I'm also probably the only director that will ever allow him to take his pants off on set. <laughs> I, I had nice pants. I didn't want to get blood on them. But yeah, so sue me. The, um, uh, um, hey, but... I actually got to watch... See where that gets you in 2019, Mark. Yeah, yeah, well, I'm just glad I didn't pop a boner I'm in the middle of the bloody shoot. I have control. <laughs> the, um, uh, but but uh, watching Zach um, cover one of the actresses in blood and, uh, um, and fake blood and uh, 
<laughs> and, and 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 you know and giggle like a little girl was was uh, definitely uh, a hilarious and really cool experience. You know, any actor out there, I, I encourage them to go on a horror movie set. Yeah, you know, and actually, and act act in a horror movie. They're a fucking blessed. Um, you'll never meet a more passionate, lively, you know, group of people. I love everybody on set. That you know, directors are always passionate. Mm-hmm. Writers, actors. Um, I love the FX makeup people. Love them to death. Oh, yeah. They're usually always big, burly Viking guys so cool. that talk about metal music and shit. You know, I saw Metallica back in 86. They're awesome. You know, fuck Damon Stane and shit. You know, hey, hey, they're great. Um, but the other thing is understanding um, and sympathy is knowing what actor you're dealing with um, and knowing um, knowing how to customize your approach towards them. And everything else you you know you and that's also building a relationship and building respect and everything else how a direct you know say for instance Vinny and I were in the same movie um you know that this any director not even just you Zach but you know other directors that I've I've had in the past wouldn't treat us equally like you know knows Vinny's process is a little different knows my process is a little different and everything else and how he directs Vinny may be different than how he directs me you know, which I appreciate it. And that lets me know that you're listening about who I am as a performer and as an actor mm-hmm. and you respect you know, the work that I put in to make this a good character. Right. Um, you know, I, I, I think that, you know, two stories that, you know, that come to mind on, on you know, how to be a director was, um, was obviously Zach. I, the one I told was Zach, you know, being passionate about, about the, um, about the industry and everything else. And, um, and the other one was um, was being on the set of a um, uh, um, a pilot, a comedy pilot, and um, it was actually directed by our, our good friend Jeff, um, who was on our last podcast, and uh, he uh, stole a trick from one of his other directors. He talks about it in the previous podcast, but he did it. To, you know, he did it to me as well, and um, uh, you know, and what he what he did was for those people who didn't listen, I was doing an emotional take. Um, uh, with a girl that I really liked. It's kind of a, a love, a cutesy love scene and everything else. And he, um, I think he knew that he had very limited time because the sun was going down and he did one take and, um, uh, you know, and after that, and Jeff and I are friends and, and the same way I can have conversations with Zach, same way I can have conversations with him. He pulled me aside and he, um, he made sure none of the DP, the, none of the camera ops, the other actress didn't hear what he was telling me. And he told me, no, Today, you know, da, 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 da. you know, I think he, t- he told me try something different or, you know, or, um, you know, um, do this softer, you know, remember this and everything else. I don't remember what the specific note is, but I loved his tactic about what he did was he told me what to do without the involvement of anybody else. That note was for me. It wasn't for anybody else. And I thought that was amazingly personal, amazingly customizable, amazingly understanding. Yeah. You understand and respect the work that I do sure, that's good. and everything else. And, and it was amazingly effective. Um, and then I went and did the scene and, and it, was, it was hilarious, you know, and you've done this to me too. The, um, you've done one take, and, you know, the next take and everything else. We did the scene, cut, moving on. That was great. Everything else, let's keep going. Mm-hmm. You know, he got exactly what he needed out of me and everything else. And he, and, and Zach's gave me a, a great compliment before. I was going to say, tell him about your audition process. For yeah, when, first um, time uh, we ever met. The um, I mean, so just to finish it up and everything else, there was a lot of stuff that was going on in that set. Um, uh, but that was one thing that went really, really well, and it's something that will stick in my head uh, for a very long time. And if I ever get in the chair, which I hope to do, it's definitely going to be something I'm going to use because um, it's amazingly fucking effective. Um, and the the one big and and I've gotten two uh, two great. 
acting compliments, and one of them is from Zach, and then one of them was part of my audition process. Uh, one was uh, when I was in a uh, Larry Project with um, uh, Larry Project, which was a great show. Um, look it up; it's fantastic. Um, uh, and my dad gave me a compliment. He said, "I didn't see my son up there. Hmm. My son wasn't there. He was gone. I saw whoever that character was. I did not see my son." I was like, "That's that's an amazing compliment." And the other the the other one is is the one that Zach gave me during the audition process. He, um, I did the scene, um, whatever the scene was, whatever the sides were. I did it, and it's uh, so, like, yeah, Mark, um, we're supposed to, like, tell you, you know, like, you know, we're taught to do, you know, have you do it again and do it in a different way. I have no notes for you. It was, it was fantastic. I have nothing else different for you to do. It was great. Good. And then we walked out. Like, I said it. When it came to those auditions for my, for my film, it's like, you and Kaliki, you both came in and you knocked those... Per- like, I, I knew for the moment, it's just like, all right, yeah, these are the two characters. Yeah. Absolutely. And it's, you know, like, it's, it's, it's great stuff like that and everything else. It's levels of encouragement and everything else and, and good quality directing that, you know, that really makes, you know, that actor-director uh, relationship work. So just general understanding, general passion about what you're doing is going to go a thousand miles ahead, you know, you know. But the biggest advice I can give for the directors out there, though... Is is a combination of what Zach and Vinny were saying. Is give your actors direction, but give them freedom too. Oh yeah. Don't don't leave them in the don't leave them in the middle of the desert with nothing. Because you're the director. Direct. Right. Yeah. <laughs> don't micromanage. Direct. There's yeah. a huge difference yeah. between that. Your actor has a Good job. God. You have yes. a job. Each person has their own job for a reason. There's a reason why you see hundreds of names on credits for feature films. It's because everybody has a job to do. Correct. Right. And so you don't have multiple jobs to do. Correct. Right. <laughs> the um and we've definitely seen examples of of uh, micromanaging your actor. Star Wars prequels. Anyway, the, uh, <laughs> those movies are phenomenal. Leave yeah. them alone. Yeah, Star Wars prequel. Yeah, micromanaging your actor. George Lucas is a genius. Yeah, um, it's gonna be great. It's gonna be great. It we're is gonna, great. We're gonna get the kid from uh, you know an episode of Goosebumps to play Anakin Skywalker. It's gonna be great. It's gonna be great. <laughs> problem, Mark. It's gonna be great. The uh, you know Hugh McGregor will be the only thing that that is good about this movie. Anyway, yeah, McGregor is great, but so is everything else. Yeah, yeah, okay. Anyway, but um, Portman, you know. yeah. Wait, Hey, you know. Now, Lee Portman's awesome. A the, little bit of Natalie. Just, just a little bit. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. Just, just, just a little bit. Mm. Um, uh, but, uh, but yeah, no, that's that's all I can ask from everybody. And, you know, and and that's pretty simple, Zach. I mean, you know, yeah. you're a director. Direct. You're an actor. Act. It's, you know, you have your own levels of turf and everything else. Respect each other and it will go a long way. You're there for a reason. There yeah. for a reason and everything else. So... The um so all right we're gonna wrap this up and everything else because I think everybody's uh draining out right now um uh, you know Vinny and I gotta go uh go eventually but that being said um Don't Vinny play with us Mark yeah um, <laughs> so Vinny um do you have any um any projects or are you in between uh, between projects right now well I had an audition today on projects and hopefully we're getting this uh Midnight Vault series oh yes. Beefing up. Stay tuned and everything else. Um, uh, uh, night, uh, our our uh, Nightmare Studios may be uh, teaming up with uh, Vinny's team to bring you a uh, um, a Twilight Zone uh, type of show. Um, uh, definitely exciting stuff in the pipeline. Um, we're very very much looking forward to working with uh, Vinny and his other writing team as well. Um, and then um, and then obviously uh, we are very excited. <laughs> uh, do, 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 do you have an Instagram, Vinny? 
I do not. <laughs> Maybe I should get one. Going. Get, get one because I was going to tag you. They with forced this. me to get one. The um, uh, but yeah, no um, uh, so it's always great seeing, uh, seeing y'all. Maybe Zach, any final thoughts? Squirrels. I figured. Vinny, any final thoughts? Just do it, Shia LaBeouf. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Nice, and then uh, and then uh, giggity for me. All right, all right, everybody, take it easy. All right.